0: don't know who I am. I am Andrew, and my wife right here is Jess, and we are the student pastors here at Passion. So if you have some middle school, high schoolers that aren't involved in anything on Wednesday, we would love to have them come and be a part of what we're doing. Uh, God is moving, not only in our student ministry, but here at Passion. Who enjoyed last, last week? Amen. Amen. Who who already has some testimonies that they, that, that of God coming through? Amen. Amen. Look, we had a lot of prayer requests up here, and I, and I can't wait until all those prayer requests turn into testimonies. Can you imagine what will happen in our community in this town as we start sharing those testimonies with our, with our neighbors? I hope you're sharing those testimonies. We're going to talk about that. Um, Pastor Steve asked me, uh, a while ago, he, he asked if I would want to speak this, this Sunday, and so I wanted to speak today, and I was praying about what to, what to speak about. I was like, man, that's like the Sunday after Miracle Sunday, right? If you weren't here last week, we had Miracle Sunday. We, we prayed for, for people for uh, physical healing, spiritual healing, relationship healing, um, emotional healing. Um, is that all of them? And financial healing. We prayed for all of those things, and, and God was showing up. He was coming through, and, and I was like, man, what do, I, what do I talk about the week after that? You know, it was, it was kind of hard, and I was praying, but then I had this, uh, God brought this thought and brought this passage of Scripture that we're going to read today, but I wanted to title this message, Fixed. Fixed. One of the biggest things about owning a car is What? Keeping it fixed and maintaining it, right? Some of the best things, some of the best ways that we can keep our cars fixed is what? Money. Yeah, money. Getting the oil change, right? So since that wasn't a lot of y'all's first answer, I'm going to say that how many of us are good at getting the oil change? You know, right when it hits that time, like you got that sticker, it's like, you know, see, it has the date and it has the mileage, right? For me, I go with whatever's the furthest away. How many of you are good? Like, you pick the closest one. Like, raise your hand if that's you. Like, I pick the closest one. I will go. For me, sometimes life happens. What about brakes? Are you regular brake check people? Not, yeah, I knew that would be a little bit less, right? So, we have these things that we're supposed to do on a regular basis. We're supposed to keep our cars fixed, and, and a lot of times we don't Think about those things until there's some side effects, some things that are happening, like you start the car and there's a little bit of a rattle, like, hey, 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 hey. like, hold on, I need to go check this oil, right? Or you put those brakes on and you hear like, and it's like, oh, no. Everybody heard that. You like at the drive-through window, like trying not to not to hit the brake because everyone hears you slowing down every time you pull up to the window. Ee, ee, ah, ah, right. We don't think about those things until we realize that something is broken, and we don't think about going to get it fixed. The same principle should also be observed with our spiritual health and our physical health, right? A lot of times we don't like going to the, I will admit, I don't always go to a checkup once a year, right? And I can say that I'm probably not alone, but we don't like going to the doctor unless something is wrong. When something is wrong, but if we want to stay fixed, then we got to do more. We got to do more. But that's easier said than done because our cars, along with our bodies, are on a natural decline. Why you got to say that, man? That's not, that's not good news. Why are you telling me that, right? right? It's true. Tomorrow, I'm a day closer to meeting Jesus than I will be today, all right? Tomorrow, I'm a day closer to 32 than I am right now, Right? Our bodies and our cars, like when you pull that car off the driver's lot, you'd be like, man, I really don't like this car. If you go back to sell that car, it's not going to be the same price because there's that depreciation that comes. And we got to make sure that we, we stay focused on our bodies and on our cars, but also on our spiritual life. Now, I'm not saying that our spiritual life is on a natural decline. At least it doesn't have to be. If we aren't focused on our spiritual health, if we aren't focused on our relationship with God, then it will be on a natural decline. We have these moments where we meet Jesus and God comes through and we're like, man, I'm so excited, right? But then we don't don't continue to push forward and we end up fading back. It happens time and time again. Our car isn't running like it did when we drove it off the lot. My body isn't running like it did when I was 18. And when things start happening, the check oil light comes on. We hear our brakes. We start feeling that little bit like, man, what's, mm, something's not right, right? We think, man, I'll go get it checked out here in a little bit. I'll go get it checked out later. I'll, I'll go fix it. But then life happens, and we start running around and doing all the things, that being busy, doing the, the to-do to lists, and all these things. And, and we avoid it so, so long until something starts to smoke. And we tell ourselves, "Ah oh man, if I would have just went earlier, it wouldn't have gotten that bad. I, I, I recently had a run-in with a tow truck. Um, So I was driving to uh, meet Pastor Bob, Brother Bob, and we were meeting here at the church. And I got my car that morning to come to the church. I was like, why do I smell gas? I was thinking, like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just I just went and got gas the other day. Maybe I spilled a little bit, right? You know, I'm just going, like, oh, it'll be fine. And I get to the, I, I look, and there wasn't, like, gas on the, I, like, I go and get in the car. I was like, all right, let's just go. Right, and I get into the car, I, have a, I meet with Brother Bob, and then I get back in my car, and I smell it again, like, why does it smell like gas? And I, like, tell myself, I'm sitting in the car in the parking lot, like, maybe I should get out and check my car, right? But then something happens, I get a text message, and then I just pull out the parking lot and start driving. Didn't even stop to think, I was like, oh, man, I was supposed to check, see if my car was leaking gas, Right? So I didn't. I was like, man, I want to go to Summer Moon. I go to Summer Moon. I'm waiting in this long line of people, right, and I get my coffee. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to go home, I'm gonna, and, and, and I'm on my way. I'm at the stoplight, and then someone behind me says, hey, you're leaking gas. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm leaking gas. I pull off the side of the road. I get out of the car, and sure enough, it's like... I'm like, oh my goodness! I look and see how much gas I got left. I'm already almost on E. My tank was full that morning. I was like, man, what's going on? And so I'm thinking, like, okay, I can either go home or I can try to get to a mechanic. So I try to get to a mechanic. I don't work. I don't make it. I end up stranded on the side of the road. Thankfully, it wasn't a big fix. But if I would have thought about it when I was in the parking lot, when I first saw the sign, like I need to go get just checked out, I would have made it to the mechanic shop, and I wouldn't have had to get a tow truck, because I was right beside where I was. Instead of having to drive, I went about my life. I got so distracted and focusing on other things, and ended up broken down on the side of the road. Really what happens, we find ourselves fixed on the wrong thing. We get fixated on our to-do list, all the whirlwinds of life, and what people think instead of fixating on fixing our cars, fixing our health issues, spending time with God. So if you have your Bible, you can open up to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read this first. Father, Thank you for your word. We ask you to speak to us through your word. Open up our ears. Open up our hearts so that we can receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Wow! I'm a Lewis. Can you come help me? we're, we're I, need, I I want to show you this. So. It starts out this scripture before it says, you know, keep your eyes on Jesus. A lot of you guys probably read it. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, right? So so it starts out saying that we need to lay aside all of the weight, okay? So I got some. I had my backpacks the other day, and I let Jess carry one of them. Oh, where are you? Oh, you're following me. Here, come back over here. And she was like, What is in your backpack? Can you put that one on? Yeah, here we go. Here, take that one too, but hold on. Here we go. Here you he go. Carry okay, that one for me. So that's a good amount of weight on him. I got some Bibles in there, some clothes. My clothes are heavy, y'all. My clothes are heavy. I will pack for a trip. And Jess was like, What do you got in there? I was like, I got one pair of jeans. I'm like, why is it so heavy? He's like, Look at my jeans. Right? So that's kind of heavy. And 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 the, the author of Hebrews right here, he's talking, he says, lay us out all the weight. But he also says one other thing. The sin that so easily ensnares. Hey, so while you're holding that, can you put these on? You can set that down. Just put on those. I know they're big. They may trip you. Go ahead. Yeah. Here you go. Okay, now pick up all those bags again. He says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, and especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And my first point I want to make is this. If we want to stay fixed, then we have to stay fixed. See, the, the, he, the author is encouraging us. He's giving us the key to running this race. Running the race that God has given us, and and that race is to go into all of the world making disciples, right? Go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, right? He's urging us to strip off this weight. Hey, do you think you could run a mile carrying all that? You don't think you could? Do you think you could run a mile wearing these pants? What do you think? you think they would fall down and you'd start to trip over? Right? Yeah. I thought so. You see, the fact that it reads especially sin, yes, it places high importance on us getting rid of sin that so easily trips us up. But it also speaks that there's more that we need to shed off of our lives. See, we get so, like, get sin out of your life, get sin out of your life, which is true. Yes, you need to get sin out of your life. But there's also other things that we need to strip off. The weights that slows us down, the busy. You know, the busy, like, I got all this work I got to do, you know, I got school, I got, I got my job, I got to make sure I got, strip it off. All of the stress, all the worry, all the things that we have no control over, strip it off. We got all these other things we got to strip off. Strip that off and strip the sin. I'm, I hear it now. See, and last week, we had this moment with God, this encounter, where we came and we literally did what, what, what I just showed. We came and we stripped off those things. The worry of the financial burden, the worry of all the things that we can't control, the worry of our sickness, the worry of our emotional needs. All of those things, the burden that comes with that, and even the sin, even the sin. We had a bunch of guys get baptized, saying, I am coming out. I have stripped off the life of sin. I am brand new. And he says the way for us to do that is what? To fix your eyes on Jesus. Because when we fix our eyes on Jesus, have you guys ever, you remember playing tag? Right? I remember playing tag. I play tag on a regular basis with students. I play dodgeball. I play all these things, and I go and I play, and I might have like my backpack on, or I might have a hat on, right? And I'll be like, "Hold on, hold on. Let me get this off before I play." Because I'm fixed, I'm, I'm focused, I'm going to win this game, and I can't win carrying all this baggage. And so we can't win the race that God has if we're, if we're carrying all this baggage. So what happens, so if you're running a race, I'm just going to give you one this time, Lewis. If you're running a race, you can run one lap and you'll be fine, right? But around lap two lap three, you're going to be more focused on this backpack than you are the race that you're running. And then all of a sudden you're not focused on winning this race. You're focused on like, man, this backpack is heavy. And so your eyes are now fixed on that. And last week we asked God, and we saw God show himself faithful in helping us strip off all of those things and rid those things out of our life. But it's easy for us to go from, Needing God to strip these things off to forgetting and acknowledging what he actually did. And that brings me to my next stripper. Lewis, you can sit down. Thank you so much. Give it up for Lewis. <laughs> Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. Jesus continued toward Jerusalem. He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell on the ground, at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. You see, back in this day, when you were diagnosed with leprosy, it was not a good deal, right? You, you were deemed by the priest that you were unclean, and that came with you being kicked out of town, you gave up your life, you gave up all your possessions, you, you even lost your birthright, at this, in this time, when you, when you were diagnosed with leprosy, they, they said that it was a, a punishment from God. You were, in essentially, you were considered to be dead. And if by some chance you did get healed from leprosy, the only person that could deem you to be clean was the same person that deemed you to be unclean, and that was the priest. And that's important to know. So we have these 10 men that are all together, and they're outside. And, and we know at least one of these men were Samaritan. So some people assume that, like, one was a Samaritan and the rest were Jewish. And I don't know what the ratio was. All I know is the one that came back to Jesus was a Samaritan. And that's important to know also. This Samaritan was born on the wrong side of the tracks, but he was stuck in the same boat as the other nine. And if anybody in this day, if anybody in life knew that they needed help, knew that they were broken, it was the lepers. Because all the lepers got kicked out of town and they got kicked out to the same spot. Like, hey, y'all, stay there. And if anybody comes close to you, you have to shout out, unclean, unclean. If you see someone walking on the same street you're walking on, you have to shout out, unclean, unclean. So time and time again, over and over again, they were reminded of how broken they were. They knew they needed to be fixed. Because it was a literal Grinch song. They could not be touched with a a 99-and-a-half-foot pole. But then this one occasion, they see Jesus coming. And instead of calling out to Jesus, unclean, unclean, they call out, Master, have mercy on us. When we know that we are broken, we are more devoted to getting fixed. These lepers, they knew that they were broken. And they knew that the person that was walking toward them was the only person who could fix them. It said in the scripture that they saw him from a distance. They were were outside of town. Nobody was there, right, because they had to be isolated from everyone. So they were loners all together in their group. They had no hope. They, They had heard stories of Jesus. Right, because they knew who he was and they knew what he was capable of, so they had heard stories. I, I like to think that maybe, maybe while they were standing out there and, and, and they saw crowds walking by. Like, I don't know. Like this, this is just where my mind goes. I can imagine them seeing and hearing people that of that that got healed. Like, oh man, there goes Blind Bart. Wait, Blind Bart can see. I'm talking about blind Bartimaeus. He's a blind man that Jesus healed. Right? Or, or maybe they, they saw these four guys running off one way then coming back this way, carrying a paralyzed man. Like, hey, where y'all going? Like, oh, Jesus is, is in town. So we're, we're going to go and we're going to take this guy. They, they see this happening, right? I, I don't know, maybe. But they, they, they heard the stories. They knew who Jesus was. They probably called out like, hey, y'all better hurry up. I already saw a gang of people running over there. Y'all ain't going to have any room in the house. But they knew they were going to go through the roof anyway. But they see that, and then they see the same paralyzed man jogging back. I can imagine that they probably heard these stories of people getting healed. And they're thinking like, man, if we could only be in the town. But they're outside, growing more and more desperate. And I think that they probably started watching each crowd as they came, each group of people as they walked by. They're there they're like, man, is, is Jesus in? No, Jesus is not in that crowd. Is Jesus? No, no, Jesus isn't in that crowd. Is Je, no, no, Jesus isn't there. Until one day, they see a crowd that's different from all the other crowds because Jesus, he rolled deep. Right? Jesus had about a a couple hundred people. At some point in time, he had thousands of people following him. So that crowd, like, you could see that crowd coming from a distance. They're like, who's that coming? That's a lot of people. Hey, hey, look, 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 look. look. And I bet as soon as they found out it was Jesus, there was nothing that could distract them from Jesus. They were watching, waiting for Jesus to get close enough to them where he could hear them shout and call out his name. Their eyes were so fixed on Jesus because they knew Jesus was the only one. Like They were like, fellas, get ready. Jesus is about to be close enough to hear us, and when he gets close enough, we're going to yell. Now, and remember, whenever they saw people get close, what did they have to yell? Unclean, unclean. Now, if they would have went with what they were supposed to do, what everyone said they are supposed to do, they could have missed out. If they would have been fixed on the normal. You know, I know I'm a Christian, but I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable in my job. So I'm not going to talk about it. This bag's kind of heavy. I know I'm a Christian, and I'm supposed to be telling people about Jesus, but, but nobody in my school knows about Jesus, and, and, and they may think I'm weird. Am I alone? Sometimes we get so fixed on what people may think, on what's supposed to be done, when Jesus is right here. And instead of being fixed on the one that can heal us, we're fixed on the status quo. We're fixed on, I don't want to make someone uncomfortable. We're fixed on like, hey, this isn't going to get me likes on Facebook. But if we're fixed on Jesus, we're like, hey, Jesus is here. I don't care what people think. And so instead of yelling out, unclean, unclean, what did they yell out? They yell out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They were ready to do whatever he asked. And then Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. And boom, they're coming. Oh, I'm going to see the, maybe they didn't run. I don't know if lepers can run, but if it were me, I would have ran. Right? And so they take off. They go to the priest. And it doesn't mention them second guessing. It doesn't mention them stopping and be like, wait, 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 Jesus, that's against the law. I can't go back in town. Don't you see? This is why I'm out here. They didn't second guess. They were gone. And it says while they were on the way, they were healed. The Samaritan notices something. Hold the phone. Ah, hold on. I wonder if he, like, stop. Like, guys, do you see what just happened? We don't have leprosy anymore. Hey, y'all, stop running, look. And he sees it and he's like, he goes back to Jesus. Why is he the only one? He goes back to Jesus and he's praising God and thanking Jesus. And Jesus is surprised when he shows up. Where are the other nine? Did not all ten get healed? Where's everybody else? And why is it that you, the Samaritan, the foreigner, are the only one to come back and praise me? The Jewish Messiah. Now, I don't know if you know, Jewish people, Samaritan people, did not get along. Jewish people, Samaritan people, you guys have that side of the tracks. We got this side of the tracks. Right? And so this Samaritan decides to like, hold on, I'm going to go back and I'm going to thank Jesus. Could it be that this foreigner could see that there was more than just healing available that day? This Jewish rabbi came and healed the Samaritan who doesn't deserve anything from him. Did he recognize the mercy? Yes. He also recognized the grace that was available because probably to that point, this Samaritan has probably only received cursing from Jewish people. He's kicked out. And he's at the border of Galilee. But he was like, "I'm gonna run back to Jesus, because there's something more that's available. There's something more, and so he he stayed fixed on Jesus. But the other nine, you remember when I said that the priest deems you unclean and the priest deems you clean, right? They wanted their healing." They wanted to get their life back. They wanted to be back into the, into, the, into the crowd. They wanted to be able to go back into the city. And so when Jesus said, go to the priest, they were gone. Because they were probably thinking, okay, if I get healed, or maybe the priest can heal me, right? All, Jesus told me I'm going to go, and then they see that they were healed, like, I'm healed. Now let me go get clean. Let me go have the priest say that I can get clean so I can get back to my life so I can get back and build in my family, so I can get back and get my job, I can get all these things back, and I can start doing all the things that I was doing before I got leprosy. Wait, don't you want to stop and go thank Jesus? Like, how? no, I'm healed now. I can, I can go and do all the things that I wanted to do. Isn't that what we do? We get our healing, and we move on. We get what we came for, and we go back to life. Sunday we come and we're focused on Jesus, but Monday we pick up the bags. Pick up the bags. We get right back into the sin that so easily trips us up. I'm just kicking this so you guys can get the analogy, right? We pick it all back up. But instead of, and so that shows that instead of being fixed on Jesus, we're fixed on our healing, not the healer. I think us, just like the other nine, we miss things. And I'm not trying to tell you that these the nine got unhealed. Like their leprosy came back. I don't know. It doesn't talk about them again. But they got their healing, but they missed Jesus. Isn't it crazy? We could wait so long for an encounter with God. We could be, they saw him coming. Like we've been waiting for Jesus to come. And when he comes, he tells us to go. And then we leave. And then we never come back. They didn't come back. And Jesus was there. But. They got what they were looking for. So what are you looking for? What are you fixed on? Our lives are full of things that we can be fixed on. And the author in Hebrews tells us to strip it off. Because it's slowing us down. Am I telling you not to be a good steward over the things that you're responsible for? No, I'm not telling you that. But that shouldn't be what we're fixed on. God, give me what I need so I can get back to normal. Normal shouldn't be what we're fixed on. Normal could have been the very reason that we had the baggage we had this extra weight to begin with. I think the Samaritan looked at his life and he was like, that life looks like a burden. My old life, why would I want to go back to that? Jesus is right here. He's right here. Why do I want to pick all that up? I need to get to Jesus. Some of us came in last week, we were carrying a lot of weight, and we were able to strip strip it off. Some of us came in and we got rid of some sin. But if we don't get this last thing, then we're in jeopardy of picking up brand new weights, picking up the old weights, picking up the old habits. And that's, we must be fixed correctly. I don't have to tell you. If you got something that's wrong with your car and you take it and they don't fix it right, it's going to break again. And a lot of times it's going to break worse the second time. Anybody been there? Am I the only one? If we don't fix it correctly, then down the road, it's going to break worse. We may be in need well, we might have been in need for God to show up financially for us and see a miracle, and then we get that miracle. We got what we needed. God came through. He provided. But we don't let God influence our giving after. We don't let God influence how we live our lives after because we got what we needed, and then we went back to what we were doing. So we find ourselves in a deeper hole with a bigger need Down the road. We need God to fix our relationships and we change our habits for a month. For a few weeks. And we see God moving. We see things start to change and things start to turn. Then we put it back on cruise control. It got better. Now let's ride this out. We get the physical miracle, and we don't even stop and give God praise and celebrate what he's done. We're fixed incorrectly. Instead of being fixed on Jesus, we're fixed on what Jesus can do. And that's a dangerous place to be. We're fixed on the gift, and we're not fixed on the giver. We're fixed on the provision and not the provider. So what happens when the provision runs out? Oh, man, I need to to figure out what I'm going to do. I don't know. Rent's due. I don't know what to do, right? Let me take out this, this loan. It's heavy, I know. But what else can I do? Fix your eyes on the provider. When temptation comes again, we see it. We see that temptation. And sometimes it looks cozy, right? Like you can curl up in it and get comfortable. But it's going to trip you up. So if you're focused on this being cozy, I say, fix your eyes on Jesus. The one who brings such peace that cannot be explained. You can be laying in the middle of a battlefield and he's preparing a table for you in the middle of your, that's the peace that I want. I don't need just something that's cozy that I can wrap up in. I want something that's fighting for me, something that's protecting me, something that in the middle of the storm I can have peace so I can be in the bottom of the ship asleep doctor's report isn't good I'm not worried because I'm fixed on Jehovah Rapha our healer and so I know that he's going to be there when the circumstances say that there isn't enough I'm not fixed on the circumstances I'm fixed on Jehovah Jireh my provider is there anybody with me when the worry and anxiety tries to pull me down I'm fixed on Jehovah Shalom because he is my peace spouse messes up and doesn't come through, I don't freak out because, boo, my eyes aren't fixed on you. My eyes aren't fixed on the one who always comes through, the one who gave me grace, and now I'm able to give that same grace to you. Bars. What did he say? Bars? That doesn't make sense. It's okay. So, how does this happen? I want you guys to stand with me. What did the Samaritan do? The Samaritan got his healing, but his healing wasn't enough, it wasn't all that he wanted. got his healing, but he's like, no, wait, I don't just want my healing. I'm going back to Jesus. He stopped. He praised God. He gave thanks to Jesus. He stopped trying to get his old life back, and he went to Jesus. Jesus came through, so he was ready to do whatever Jesus told him. I don't need to get my old life back. I don't need to be deemed clean by the priest. I don't need the world to tell me I'm good enough because Jesus is here and He already gave me what I needed. Why do I need to go back? You came through for me. What do you want me to do now? You want me to give more away? Yeah, I can give more away. You want me to start eating better? Yes, I can start eating better. You want me to to give my wife all my passwords on my phone? Yes, I can do that. And you should do that. You want me to go to a Christian counselor? Yes, I can do that. You want me to finish my budget? Yes, I can do that. You want me to get an accountability partner? Yes, I can do that. I'm ready to do whatever I need to do to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you not just for what you've done for us but for who you are. And Father, if we ever get caught up in the things that you do more than you, God, help us recognize that and help us get our eyes fixed back on you us forgive us for running away or walking away without even stopping to thank you right now with every head bowed and every eye closed I want to tell you that Jesus is here he's here and his love is here and able to cover every wrong that you've done so if you want to make a decision to give your life to Jesus you want to start your relationship whether you're watching online or here in the room and you want to say I need to give my life to Jesus because right now I'm not fixed on him but I want to give him complete control I believe that he died for me and I need his forgiveness I believe that he rose again with all power in his hands and if you want to make that decision maybe for the first time maybe not just right where you are just lift your hand say that's me Father, thank you. I want us all to pray this prayer together. And if you raise your hand, I want you to pray it and mean it in your heart. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I want to give you my life, every area. I want to be fixed on you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me and for raising again. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you guys to look at me. I'm going to challenge you. I moved the podium over there because that's what I do on Wednesday nights. Whenever I'm done, I just walk it over. And I don't know why I did that right now, but I just did it. If you're looking like, hey, why is that all? It's a a mess over there. Cameras, do not show that side of the stage, okay? But I want to challenge you. After last week, maybe even today, did you stop and thank God? Or did you walk out of this building And just go about your life. Because if you didn't stop and thank God, then that should be alarming. And you need to ask yourself, am I fixed on Jesus or am I just fixed on what he can give me? And I also want to challenge you one other thing. Tell somebody about what God did. Testify of his goodness. Because when we tell other people about what God did, it helps us stay focused on who he is. Yes, we get to celebrate what he did, but we're celebrating him. And not just going, I got what I needed at the vending machine, got my Coke, and I'm gone. But let's testify. Can we do that? Amen. Thank you guys for listening to me this morning.